Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we, uh, I have not spoken in a whole week. That's right, that's right, we had, uh, we, uh, we took Thanksgiving off. Uh, that was a, that was a thing that happened, we meant to warn you about that on Tuesday, but it did not happen because we were so busy Tuesday, and we went over time on Tuesday anyway. So, um, now we're telling you, uh, we don't have a podcast coming out on Friday because of Thanksgiving. And um, that was that was last week's news. We will have, a, obviously, a podcast this Friday because it's no longer Thanksgiving. I wish it was, though. I like... I did not get enough stuffing, and I definitely did not get enough pie. And I didn't get a pecan pie. Why? Why couldn't, like... Okay, the reason why Schlanger is so mad... I am! I'm really mad about this, because I love spending time at home for Thanksgiving because of my mother's pecan pie. Her pecan pie is just hands down the best part about Thanksgiving every single freaking year. And we didn't get that, bro. So, like... What do you expect from me, bro? <laughs> I don't know, man. I expect uh, I expect us to move on and talk about some some football. <laughs> There's no pie, so I can't move on. Well, then I will be doing this show by myself. Uh, so with this football, no, you will not be doing this show by yourself. We will be doing this show together. And first, we are going to talk about the elephant in the freaking room. That is COVID nineteen. I don't know. Is COVID is COVID uh, uh, shy about their weight? Like, did you just did you just blast COVID about their size? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's what COVID's word. You called them an elephant. I, I. It's the figurative elephant in the room. Don't be so dumb. You dumb. Um, the elephant in the room. It's COVID. And this game, this Raven Steelers game, keeps getting pushed back. For those of you that uh, are not up to date. The game has been pushed back to Wednesday, December 2nd, uh, which will hopefully be played. Um, There was talk about a wildcat strike, which sounds a lot cooler than it actually is. Um, Actually, it is is really cool. Um, I am honestly a fan of of any time labor takes matters into their own hands and makes sure that they are kept safe like i think i i i see nothing wrong with a wildcat strike if that is what the players feel is best for them uh that then by all means they should do that well yes except that does get that does create issues with the nflpa and the nfl like that that actually hurts the player base as a whole does it though like how how do how do players taking taking a stand for their own safety how does that hurt the player base as a whole i it, it i mean here's the thing they, all of this has been every every relationship with the NFLPA between the NFLPA and the NFL is carefully ironed out and uh, and this this can throw a wrench in the works and if this messes up and if and if something like that were to happen if a wildcat strike were to happen this could create huge issues we might not see football um for a bit um and 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 you know the the world is better with football yes but the world is also better whenever players are being protected accordingly but like we said uh <laughs> Um, all of all of my my labor support aside, uh, Baltimore Ravens Pittsburgh Steelers is as of now going to be played on Wednesday, December second. This means that Ravens Cowboys has been moved to Monday, December seventh, 
Washington, uh, Washington football team and Steelers have also been moved to Monday, December 7th. So we're not actually missing any time. Uh, both ESPN and Yahoo fantasy platforms have said that the Wednesday game will go towards week 12. It's not like it's going to be pushed. So again, we have all of this crazy wild COVID news and our plan of action is to just keep moving forward and rolling with it because we have nothing else we have nothing else to do there's nothing else really to do i mean you know you you might have sat some of your ravens and steelers players which i think was was the smart move this week just in case but like if the season's going on we have fantasy games to win and we are going to keep on winning them and we are going to help you keep on winning them are you ready to do that i i i hate that you set me up like that i'm not a child at summer camp I, are you ready are you ready schlanger can you do this oh i hate you so much don't talk down to me like that i will punch you do punch yourself fine I, I'm not going to do it. That might hurt. Okay. We have football to get to. We have a lot of football to get to. So we are going to, uh, and we are going to get to my favorite segment, but after the drop, um, because Samuel's told me that we have to do the drop first. So hit that drop so I can get to my favorite segment. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuel's versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Samuels is wrong. That's right. The segment, the segment that all of you have been missing, the segment that all of you have been waiting for is finally back, starting with Samuels' favorite MVP candidate for the fantasy season. Kyler Murray only scores you 7.9 fantasy points. A dud! A dud! What do you have to say for your fantasy MVP? It was a rough game. It, it, it genuinely was a rough game. He's dealing with that shoulder injury, and clearly they were they were taking care of him. They they were making sure that he he did not get more injured, and they still almost were able to win that game with only half of a Kyler Murray. And like, I mean, come on, look who's talking. Russell Wilson just last night only scored fourteen point four fantasy points. So Russell Wilson, who is your and has been your fantasy MVP candidate for this this whole season. He scored fewer than 21 fantasy points in each of the past three games. Like, that, that is a huge disappointment for the guy that you are saying is, is going to be the MVP. And honestly, if anything, the guy who we've been leaving out of the conversation is, is Patrick Mahomes. Oh boy, you are not kidding about Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm pretty sure that that guy heard that he was not included in our little talks about who was the fantasy MVP because he has gone and just balled out over the past four games. He has had, or rather, he has averaged over 30 fantasy points over the past four games. Like, just, this, this is your, this is your fantasy MVP right there. You are such, you are such a flip-flopper. You can't, you're not even going to stick with Russell Wilson? No, absolutely not, I can't. I am really worried about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has only averaged about 16.6 fantasy points over the past four weeks as they've, you know, they've figured out their running game more. They have figured out their defense more. Their defense is playing really well. And if their defense keeps playing well, they're, they're not like the Chiefs. They're not like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're not going to keep throwing the ball when they're up by 21. Pete Carroll loves running the ball. He has a history of loving running the ball. He's only thrown the ball so much early in the season because of how terrible the Seahawks defense was. So now, 
with their defense humming, with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde back and healthy, Russell Wilson is barely, he's, I think he's my fifth ranked QB for the rest of the season, but that's at best. Like he's definitely behind both Kyler and, and, uh, and especially Patrick Mahomes, who's, who's my number one boy. Um, then you have Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. I have both, both ahead of, of Russ and honestly, Josh Allen might also be ahead of him. So Top five or top six for me in Russell Wilson, which is a huge disappointment by comparison. But that's the thing. It's Patrick Mahomes, baby. Patrick Mahomes all the way. I, I will not let you get away with that. I won't. Because I still think it's Kyler Murray. Like, Patrick Mahomes, sure, averaging 30 points per game over the past four, four games. Like, that's great. But that's not the best four-game stretch of the season. That belongs to Kyler freaking Murray, who averaged 33.5 points over weeks uh, over the course of weeks 6 through 10 with a bye in the middle. And that was, that was just a four-game stretch. If we move that to five games, if you include the week five game, Kyler still averaged over 32 points per game in that five-game span. This one was a dud. This one was really bad. 7.9 fantasy points ruined I know it ruined my my week in one of my leagues like that's bad but it is still his first sub 20 fantasy point game and I do not foresee that happening but you're just you know maybe this shoulder injury doesn't go away like this is an AC joint sprain at least a very slight one and that can bother quarterbacks for weeks at a time which leads me to my next Samuels is wrong Chase Edmonds who Chase Edmonds, who, bro? This is all Kenyon Drake, baby. And like, for as long as 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 Ken, as, the, as Kyler's shoulder is bothering him, Kenyon Drake will be a weekly top twenty option. He got to twenty four point three fantasy points in this past game, and that was in a losing effort. Like game script, be darned. He. He's finally being used more in the passing game in the past two games in which uh, in which Kyler Murray got injured and he was injured already. Uh, he has had four and five targets respectively. He has not had more than two targets in any week prior to that. Kenyon Drake is becoming the workhorse guy. Chase Edmonds is going to be used in, in, in special situations to spell Kenyon Drake, occasionally be used inside the red zone, which is a bit of a bummer for Kenyon Drake, but Kenyon Drake's the goal line guy. And and Kenya Drake's day could have been even bigger had they had they uh, that was so then the very last play of the first half um, Kenyon Drake was literally inches away so Kenyon Drake's the guy and I think you can start him with complete confidence moving forward and that leads me to my next Samuels is wrong Jarvis Landry you were talking last week about how Jarvis Landry would not be able to be stopped hold on hold on hold on hold on no 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 no. I went back and I actually checked the tape on this you you can't no don't check tape on anything too bad I did and you were actually the one who was talking about how Jarvis Landry and the Browns pass catchers would not be startable until they proved otherwise. And, uh, well, Jarvis Landry already proved otherwise. You told people to sit Jarvis Landry if they could. And uh, he goes out and gets 28.3 fantasy points on 11 targets. And, like, admittedly, in your defense, because I'm actually a nice guy and I'm going to say something in your defense... Baker Mayfield did not have a Baker Mayfield type of day. He did not spread the ball around nearly as much. 
Jarvis Landry did all his damage on 11 targets. This is only the third time this season that Baker Mayfield has fed a player with double-digit targets. Once was all the way back in week one with Odell, who got 10 at the time. And then uh, Jarvis Landry has now had two 11-target games in the past four weeks. So maybe this is turning a corner for Jarvis Landry. Uh, I mean, I still don't completely trust it, but the good news is they have Tennessee next week. So if... um, if you're going to start Jarvis Landry at some point during the rest of the season, I think against Tennessee is a good place to start. Um, do you want to take the, uh, the the Cleveland running backs from this past week? I would certainly. Well, too bad. Too bad because you were wrong about that too. You were you were over here saying that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were the only startable options in Cleveland. I okay. I was saying. I was right about Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb gets you 26.6 fantasy points. Yes, but Nick Chubb is officially the running game. He is officially, and that's it. I don't know what happened to Kareem Hunt. He only got you 6.2 fantasy points this past week, like against Jacksonville. Against Jacksonville. Perfect game script. And... Like, this guy was the NFL's leading rusher in his rookie season. And now, like, in the in the last few games that Chubb was injured, he couldn't really get anything going. Like, he hasn't, especially since Chubb has been back, Kareem Hunt gets that one, one touchdown, but that's been the primary source of his points. Like, he's not getting opportunities. He's, like, Chubb out was out-targeted him in the passing game this past week. Like, this is Chubb's backfield. And... The only thing you really have to go for with Kareem Hunt is next week, again against Tennessee, like we were saying with Jarvis Landry, with we think that the Browns are going to have to pass the ball a lot, which means maybe, maybe he gets all the passing down work, or some of it, but like, again, Chubb, Chubb was better than him. Chubb is better than him in every aspect of the game this past week. And he might just hold on to that. But hold on, you're done. You're done talking about all the nice things because I'm not done with Samuels is wrong. That's right. We have an extra long, extra special segment of Samuels is wrong because James Robinson, despite all of your naysaying and boo-hooing, just continues to produce 26.9 fantasy points in in a in a in a tough matchup. Uh, the, the the Browns have shut down uh, run games over the past few weeks. Neither Miles Sanders nor Duke Johnson before that could get anything going against the the Browns, and yet James Robinson just does. He just does. And, like, if you ever doubt James Robinson, he's just going to do. That's what he does. He does it. Um, (laughs) And so, regardless of what you are saying, like... The next matchup is against the Vikings. Zeke just torched the Vikings last week, which means anyone can torch the Vikings on the ground, and we'll talk about Zeke in a minute. Um, and then after that, they have Tennessee, who, like, Jacksonville's going to have to put points up, and their defense doesn't scare you. So, like, yeah, you're going to keep starting James Robinson. He is, he is an extremely high floor and potential boom candidate every single week, RB2. I, that's that's just what he is. I I am still yes. I do think the Vikings are a great matchup for him, and I think that he could do okay against Tennessee. I'm still not crazy about weeks 15 and 16 in against Chicago and and Baltimore. Uh, and that's when it's really going to matter. That's the fantasy playoffs. 
I mean, Chicago just held Aaron Jones to exactly 10 points. And that was when Green Bay was in a positive game script the entire game. Chicago's run defense is the real deal. And Baltimore, of course, if they're healthy by that point in Week 16, they have arguably the best all-around defense in the game. All right, can we be done with Samuels is wrong? Oh, no, actually, no, we can't. I thought we were going to, but we're not. Because guess what? Antonio Gibson also keeps proving you wrong. He had, he has only had two single-digit fantasy point games all season, and I know you keep waiting for him to fail, but he's just not. The guy puts up 36.6 fantasy points. 36, he wins you your week this week. Antonio Gibson is nothing compared to J.D. McKissick. Yeah, sure. Okay, this was this was exactly an Antonio Gibson game. This is against Dallas. Washington was always going to run them all. I'm not saying that Antonio Gibson isn't going to have big games in positive game scripts. But, but, but here's the thing. Like, you keep saying you keep saying that he's not going to do well in tough matchups. He put up 22 points against the Ravens earlier this season. So he has the capability to do this against solid defenses but can he but here's the thing can he do it against solid offenses like Washington has had a weird schedule they have only played against two offenses the entire season that are ranked in the top 20 in the league in offensive DVOA and that was both Arizona and and the Los Angeles Rams and both of them held Gibson to mediocre games in fact he only hit double digits uh, in in the Arizona game because he scored a touchdown all of his matchups from now through week 16 are against top 18 offenses. And that includes week 15 against Seattle, which I'm really not crazy about because Seattle's going to put up an insane number of points. That is a J.D. McKissick week. I, 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 I distinctly disagree. Antonio Gibson is the most talented guy that they have for that backfield. Washington is going to have him on the field as much as possible. Now, now, after I proved you wrong, you can finally move on to other news. But first, but first, we have a live read, which I'm going to make you do because uh, you had a week off and I still had to live life. So you want to hit it? <laughs> Fine. I, I still live my life. No, you don't. You Do the live read. <laughs> Just keep interrupting me. Fine. I'll do the live read. It's the holiday season, which means we're eagerly awaiting the arrival of Santa Claus or Kwanzabat or the Hanukkah zombie. But you won't get presents if you've been naughty. The only problem is no one is religious anymore. So what good are Elf on the Shelf or Mensch on a Bench? It's time for a new, secular, awesome option. It's time for Dragon on a Wagon. That's right, Dragon on the Wagon will keep watch over every move you make, ensuring that you stay nice and nice. The Dragon on a Wagon follows your every move from your computer to your kitchen, even all the way to your couch. No distance can keep the dragon from setting you straight. One double tap on that Instagram photo of your ex and boom, flames all over your apartment. Flicking that booger behind the couch? Fahrenheit 451, baby! The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off your first dragon on a wagon. That's 20% off and no guarantee that your insurance will cover the damages. Dragon on a wagon, a song of nice or fire. Thank you, Dragon on a Wagon, for being our episode sponsors for this. Well, hold on, hold on. Our episode sponsors just threw in a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, so... 
Game of Thrones hasn't been popular in like two years. Like, even when it was popular for the final season, no one liked the final season. Why are we still making Game of Thrones references? And and we're not even making, like, Game of Thrones show references. That was a that was a reference to the book series, specifically. They never say Song of Ice and Fire in the freaking in the show. Why are you... <laughs> why did you write that? I didn't write... I don't, I don't write any of these libraries. These are all very real companies that are very real um alive and (laughs) we are going to give some very real fantasy advice we had some more big news come out uh yesterday uh will fuller he's done for the season peds uh so that leaves a very very interesting position for certain pass catchers in houston so between will fuller who's gone for peds Randall Cobb, who's on IR, David Johnson, who's on IR, though he might be coming back soon, and Kenny Stills, who was released, those four guys accounted for almost 48% of Deshaun Watson's total targets on the season. 48%. That is a lot of available targets. Now, Brandon Cooks is already getting his fair share. He is leading the team in targets on the season, but he is going to get even more. His opportunities are going to be through the freaking roof. Keep an eye out for Kiki Cutie as a weekly boomer bust flyer. He might be a flex play in certain situations, and Jordan Aiken's value as a tight end could definitely move up into the top 10. Um, Despite his goose egg last week, he was two accurate balls away from scoring 14 fantasy points at least. Like, that was that was rough that Deshaun missed him twice in the end zone. So my only problem with this analysis, as you like to call your brain childs, children, brain children, brain children, Cooks is, sure, he's top 25 in the league in targets, but he's literally outside the top 100 players in catch percentage among pass catchers with at least 20 targets. He is like 103rd ranked in in catch percentage. Like, he and Deshaun Watson have not shown the same chemistry as Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. And that could be a problem. But I I, I think it'll offset. It's the same thing. Like, Keenan Allen, in that same metric that you're looking at for Brandon Cooks, where Brandon Cooks was ranked 103rd, Keenan Allen is ranked 89th in catch percentage. 89th. And he's, like, the number five uh, wide receiver in fantasy. Like, he is a top five wide receiver in fantasy. Maybe not specifically number five, but he is a top five wide receiver in fantasy. And his catch rate isn't that great. Like, if you have the volume that I think that Brandon Cooks is going to have, that is that is a fast track to wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver one. I'm not saying that Brandon Cooks is automatically a wide receiver one, but I think Brandon Cooks is a weekly wide receiver two option now that he has all of that volume. Moving on to another bit of news. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's useless. (laughs) That's not news, bro. That's something that we've been dealing with for like the past like two months. And now, now granted, he he had one good game against Minnesota that gave me hope. But that's the wild thing. Like, he wasn't supposed to have a good game against Minnesota. Minnesota was supposed to put up a bunch of points on Dallas, get really far ahead, and ruin Dallas's running game. And instead, that's what Washington did. Washington, whose offense is terrible, uh, put up 40-plus points on the Cowboys. And Zeke couldn't get anything done. And he fumbles the ball again this season. Like, what... 
I, I don't even know what to do. I have him in literally every single league I am in, and I wish I would have traded him before, but like no one, I, I just did not feel good about the garbage that I would have gotten in return. Well, okay, well, the good news is at least you have some half-decent matchups coming up. Like, I mean, well, no, no, we don't. Like, we got Baltimore next week. Yes, but like after Baltimore, you got Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not bad. And then in week 16 for the fantasy championship, you get Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, uh, Chris Carson just gashed Philadelphia for 14-9 fantasy points on only 10 touches. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. You have Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is still 17th in the league. Like, it's technically a plus mashup. But they're 17th in the league in, in uh, against fantasy running backs. So, like, that's still not... A super plus matchup that's literally middle of the pack. Then you have San Francisco, who's getting healthier on offense, so they're going to put up points. And Philadelphia, like, sure, Chris Carson got 14-9 fantasy points on 10 touches because Chris Carson is hashtag good at football. Carlos Hyde, in the same game, only put up 4.9 fantasy points on 17 touches. And the Eagles' defense actually looked really good today. They, they, they allowed only 2.5 yards per carry, and that's with Chris Carson getting 5 yards per carry. And the Eagles will be able to stack the box against Dallas when, when, when they could not do that against Russ. Like, they allowed 2.5 yards per carry while also defending <laughs> against Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Like, these are just not plus matchups. Honestly, uh, all everyone, because I'm going to be doing this too. If you want to sit Zeke Elliott, I understand. Like, forget rankings, forget projections. If, if you feel like you should sit Zeke Elliott, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. I know over the next few weeks... I will, I will at least at some point be sitting Zeke Elliott for Austin Eckler or Kenyon Drake or even maybe David Montgomery at some point. Like, it is just brutal what's going on with Zeke right now, and I do not foresee it getting better. I do want to take a look at this Chargers offense real quick because, boy, do we have some developments. Uh, well, if you told me that Justin Herbert threw, threw 52 passes against the Bills, I would have expected at least 25 fantasy points. Instead, he bums you out with only 16.44. Keenan Allen's day was saved by a touchdown. Keenan Allen was outproduced on the field by both Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. And he still had 10 targets, but like 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 we were talking about with Brandon Cooks, like the catch rate was not there. Keenan Allen only caught four of his 10 targets. And for the first time in what feels like forever, he did not even lead the team in targets with those 10 targets because that went to Austin Eckler, baby. Austin Eckler. 23.9 total fantasy points on 16 targets. He got 16 targets, 14 carries. And sure, Joshua Kelly gets the rush for the touchdown, but 33 of Joshua Kelly's 35 yards came on one carry, which means for the other six carries, he averaged 0.3 repeating yards per carry. Like, Austin Eckler, and, and here's the thing. He was used near the goal line. He was used there a couple of times. He just did not get in. This is not something that we need to be worried about, that Joshua Kelly or whomever is going to be vulturing Austin Eckler. We know that Eckler has been used towards the goal line. I mean, 30 opportunities, 25 touches in his first day back in which Anthony Lynn said that he was not going to be the workhorse. I think 
this is this is him. I think this is Austin Eckler. They will do what they can to win. I think Anthony Lynn is fighting for his job. Uh, maybe not in a big way. I don't think his seat is super hot. But with the offensive weapons that he has and the defensive weapons that he has and the fact that he hasn't been able to put all of that together... He is going to be trying to win games, and he can tell, and he could tell in this game, despite him not wanting to push Austin Eckler. He will push Austin Eckler if it means winning games. Now, as far as Austin Eckler's handcuff goes, which, as we know, is very important, um, I still think it might be Justin Jackson once he's off IR, uh, but don't give up on Balazs. Uh, because Balage is clearly the the best backup option they have for as long as Justin Jackson is on IR. Um, and uh, and just on the other side of that game, real quick, uh, one last one last Samuels was wrong. One last one, Devin Singletary outtouched Zach Moss and outscored him 13.2 fantasy points to Zach Moss's 8.8 fantasy points. You're over here telling me that you want Zach Moss and that I don't want I don't want either of them. I've been saying I do not want either of those running backs. It is a true 50-50 split. Do not touch the <laughs> the Buffalo Bills running backs. Definitely start Austin Eckler every single week. I love it. Running back one back in that uh, back in that conversation. Uh, a couple of quick hits before we get to our, our uh, waiver pickups. David Montgomery, 25.8 fantasy points. This is what happens when they use him right, and this is what happens when they're playing against a defense that isn't super great. <laughs> uh, and David Montgomery had six targets in the passing game. Like, they are using him in all facets. Uh, he has a bunch of easy matchups coming up. This is why I had David Montgomery as a trade target a few weeks ago. Get David Montgomery into your lineups. And I will step up in the next one. Alvin Kamara, only 6.2 fantasy points. Owners, do not worry about that. Latavius Murray puts up 25.6 fantasy points. All this is is proof that Latavius Murray is still a massive value as a handcuff and nothing more. This game, the Saints knew they were never going to lose this game. They knew that from the start. This was a great opportunity for them to rest Alvin Kamara up for what will be a grueling drive to the playoffs in a in a well no it's in a pretty competitive NFC South at least between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints so waiver pickups waiver pickups let's do waiver pickups real quick and when I say real quick I mean like real quick because it is slim pickings on that wire right now obviously we talked about them earlier in the show Kiki Cutie get Kiki Cutie on your team uh, Brandon Cooks was the number two passing option in, in Houston before this week, and we saw the production that he was getting. So that's going to be Kiki Cutie. That They have no choice. Uh, it's either him or the rookie, and Isaiah Coulter hasn't had a single <laughs> NFL snap yet. So it's probably going to be Kiki Cutie as that number two option. Plus, Jordan Akins in the tight end position. I genuinely see him as a top 10 option at tight end every single week for the rest of the season. If you are tight end needy, I say go get Jordan Akins immediately. Uh, who do you got? I've got Alan Lazard because in only... Hey, he was mine. He was mine. I t- I've been talking up Alan Lazard for weeks. I know. And just like... Jamal Williams on Aaron Jones. I am here to vulture that waiver pickup because Alan Lazard is still widely available. He was second on the team in targets this past week. Plus, he caught a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. 
I think the number two option in Green Bay can be valuable. And that number two option is Alan Lazard. Get him on your team if you are wide receiver needy. And you may need to keep track of this next guy throughout the bye week because he 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 gets the most value if DJ Moore is still injured, and that is, in fact, Curtis Samuel. But Curtis Samuel also has standalone value. Outside of Week 10, he has had a, a pretty high floor since all the way back in Week 7 against New Orleans. So after the bye, they have Denver, Green Bay, and Washington in Weeks 14 through 16. Carolina Panthers, especially if DJ Moore is out, they're going to be throwing the ball. Curtis Samuel is a great option if he is still available. He's, he's only available in 36% of Yahoo! leagues so I'm cheating a little bit here but again slip pickings for the waiver wire and finally in a game that was absolute garbage for the Las Vegas Raiders Nelson Aguilar still managed six targets. He was another. He was mine last week. Like, why are you just stealing my waiver pickups? It's slim pickings. You're the one that keeps saying slim pickings. So here we are. It's slim pickings, and I'm stealing some of your waiver pickups. Nelson Aguilar still got six targets. He had five receptions for 54 yards. They play the Jets, then, well, Indianapolis is tough, but then they play the Chargers, and they play Miami. Well, actually, that's a pretty tough slate, but <laughs> slim pickings. Well, then, since you're going to steal him, I will do one last one. Jacoby Myers, much more involved this week. Uh, six targets, five receptions for 52 yards. Gets to that double-digit fantasy points. I, I when, when the Patriots are throwing, they are best when throwing to Jacoby Myers. I believe in him more than I believe in Demir Bird. Uh, Julian Edelman just went on IR. Jacoby Myers will be their best pass-catching option in New England for maybe the rest of the season. So, that wraps up our waiver wire pickups. That wraps up our... What's today? <laughs> it's Tuesday, bro. It's only Tuesday. It's not Friday yet. Darn. Still got a whole week ahead of us. That wraps up our Tuesday podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts, really. Catch us on the We Know Fantasy platform, at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, www.weknowfantasy.com. Uh, hit us up on, on Insta, at Leighton Samuels Official. It's still dumb. And, of course, at LT Schlamuels on Twitter. Thanks so much, everybody. Good night. It's daytime still. Good day, friends. Hey!